everybody, and welcome to Over the Hump, the podcast that aims to provide you with a dose of midweek motivation to finish your week off strong. I'm your host, Christopher Morgan, most people call me Chris, and this is episode number nine, Community and Giving Back. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Nick Crooks, the former Global Head of Business Development at Nitro Circus and the former Head of Strategic Partnerships at Thrill One Sports and Entertainment. Nick has grown up understanding the importance of community and giving back. He has been a member of the Boys and Girls Club of Venice for the past nine years and currently serves as an associate board member. Listen to our discussion as we dive right into the importance of community and giving back. Enjoy. All right, so Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Truly appreciate it. Uh, why don't we kick off the uh, journey by you telling us kind of, uh, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you ended up being uh, one of the directors for the Boys and Girls Club. Gotcha. So, oh my gosh, that's, that's taking it back. Um, how did I end up there? So it started in 2012. I would give my mom a lot of credit. So my, I'll give a shout out. Uh, her name is Leslie Ann Samuel. She's the president Fantastic. of... Um, She's the president of UJA, which is the Union of Jamaican Alumni Associations in New York. Um, our family is very into volunteering and giving back um, and in our community of which, you know, our family's from. So from her, it was two things, her and then I did an Ironman in 2011. So I trained for nine months and it takes up a lot of your time. And during that time, my mom was like, hey, when this is over, you gotta give back to your community somehow. She was like, I don't care how, but it's in our family that you gotta do this. So true to my word, I did it in November, January hit and I was like, okay, where am I gonna sign up? And I was like, the Boys and Girls Club in Venice, it's down the street from my house, uh, very easy to get to. Uh, I applied online, they called me the same day, literally an hour later, <laughs> and said, uh, <laughs> come on down. We got your, you know, we got your application to be a volunteer, come on down. And then it was just a process of figuring out kind of where I fit. And, you know, it started out as just volunteering just every week. Um, and that just substantially grew over time until I found like a really solid place on, um, you know, what means a lot to me and where I have the most kind of impact. Um, and that turned into me now being an associate board member which means I volunteer a lot, um, but I also do the, the fundraising aspect of it as well. That's fantastic. I love the fact that it's a family tradition to be socially involved, and then that was passed down. I honestly think that's a great lesson for all of the things that we talk about on this podcast. That's a great lesson and takeaway for the parents. You know, oftentimes we, we pass down some traditional education and other conventions, but being connected to the community, I think, is, is paramount just to the future of everybody's success. I mean, it, it, it's without saying that if everybody, you know, helped out in their community, wherever they lived for 10 minutes a week, I mean, right, if we can think about if everybody collectively did something, anything, whatever that thing was for 10 minutes, everybody might be a little bit better off. I completely agree. Now, before we go into a couple other questions, maybe for the listeners that don't know a lot about the Boys and Girls Club, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the mandate is and who they are? Sure, sure. So uh, it is a it's a countrywide organization, but every um, every club is independent of itself. OK, OK, so it's pretty much an after school program. So it's where kids go after school, pretty much from 
from kindergarten all the way to high school where yeah. it's a place that they can go after school, spend time where their parents finish work, where they can do homework, they can be active. Um, in, in a sense, they're off the streets for a while and okay. it's a very minimal cost to the parent. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, in LA, I think it's 20 bucks for like a month. <laughs> so it's, it's really nothing when you think about what childcare could be after school, if that was to be private. Oh no, hundred percent. So, uh, like you were saying, it's, it essentially helps kids, you know, be off the street. How important is this establishment to the community in which you live? It's, it, it's, it's incredibly important. I mean, Venice now sits at, as I've been in Venice for 15 years, I've seen mm-hmm. it go from, you know, uh, more violent, I'd say, um, you know, more gangs to what is now today, Silicon Beach, <laughs> which is, you know, a thriving place for tech companies to come and be yeah. beachside. So that brings in a lot of revenue as well. So it, it's, it kind of sits at that paradox of working closely with that community as well. Um, so it's very important to have, and, and the busing system in LA still happens where people from South LA or the beach cities or even further South come up to actually go to school around Venice. So mm. it, it takes time to bust them back. So it, it's, it's kind of a centrifuge, a center point um, for kids to just be there, relax, be part of the community before they go home at night. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's so important for just the gathering and the importance of making connections and having people come together in, um, you know, and like you said as well, too, just if, if what someone was, would probably do or likely do outside of their school hours without this, I think speaks, speaks volumes. It's a way to kind of just reconnect, make positive connections, and, um, you know, maybe gain some skills um, that can be, that can lead to everybody that's going there to be a productive member of society, which I think is super important. Well, and let's also think about, you know, there's the school systems. If you, you know, usually an after school program is sports, right? So if you're not in the sports system, if you're, or if you can't, if you don't have the money to be part of certain clubs that cost money extra, this is, this is the best, the best thing you can do besides that. Oh no, hundred percent. Um, now, do you have any specific examples that you could think of, of how, um, you know, the community or the Boys and Girls Club really impacted anyone in particular or a group of people in particular? Yeah, I would say uh, for for me, so for, through finding my place in Boys and Girls Club and uh-huh. just kind of, I started with little kids and doing homework help and relearning long division, which was a whole thing. Uh, but I found that you know, working with the older kids, um, you know, the soon to be adults, so to speak, the teens, um, that's where I kind of found my mark um, and where I had the most impact. So we created a club called uh, Teen Late Night. So pretty much Mm -hmm. the club closes at six. Uh, Now we keep it open until 7.30, two nights a week. So that's an extra hour and a half that's only for teens that they get to just relax for another hour and a half. They don't have to go anywhere. And that's another hour and a half, two nights a week that they're off the streets again before they go home. Um, and, and I can tell you that, you know, for a lot of these kids, home is sometimes not the greatest place to be. So, yeah. so, so anytime that you can kind of ease their mind uh, from that front and they can kind of focus on schoolwork or being around friends and being social uh-huh. um, in a comfortable setting, that's key. So I say teen late night probably has the biggest impact. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I can totally understand that. Um, So, I mean, that would be a way or many ways that uh, the organization has impacted the people that come 
into it from the community. How has doing this impacted you? I mean, selfishly, it's a, uh, it's frame of reference, right? It's, yeah. you know, you, you have a demanding job, right? Uh-huh. I do. Most people do. Um, you know, you, you're kind of tunnel vision on your issues. Yeah. Um, you, you deal with problems, but then you go hang out with some teenagers who are dealing with a myriad of issues and problems and they kind of, you know, expand your vortex into what real issues are (laughs) and Uh it makes your issues kind of really demean, (laughs) really not mean so much. Like you really, you really think it's a big deal, but then you talk to a kid who like, you know, can't eat or doesn't want to go home or is being bullied or, or whatever. And you're like, that's important. What I'm doing, not important. What they're dealing with is important. And um, so that frame of reference is to be like, that's okay. It makes actually doing your job easier because you have gotcha. that, that air of this, this doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but then you tactfully figure out how to do it. So that's how it's affected me. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, um, you know, th- there is something to be said for perspective and you're right. Every person you meet, every community that you engage with offers you a different perspective of what life is. And I think once you gain that perspective, um, you start to gain a larger sense of gratitude, you know, could be for family. It could definitely be for the people that you, you have within your circle. It could definitely be with the, for the fact that maybe you just have like a really great roof over your head, you know, and you, and you got a job that you can go to and you never have to worry about, you know, meals coming on the table where these, I think for so many people in North America, we take those things as kind of basic things that we all have, but the reality is not every pe- not everybody has um, access to those basic things on a continuous basis. And, um, you know, you need that perspective to appreciate what you have. But like you were saying, as is the tradition within your family, once you know that, and once you know there are people that are living without those basics, it provides you with the encouragement um, to give it to someone else. Right, right, right. I mean, it that perspective of, listen, when it comes to being in America, and I mean, there's a lot of turmoil going on right now, right? But yeah, in the terms of being in America and growing up where I grew up, it's, you've kind of hit the jackpot, right? Yeah, <laughs> in a enough. sense, right? <laughs> like it, it, you could have been jo- born in, in Jordan in the middle of nowhere and have no running water, right? So it's all mm-hmm. that perspective that needs to come back. But once you realize here, the problem is here is that the perspective of there are families, there are kids out there who are struggling every day. What can we do to make their lives a little bit better? Just a little bit, not much, just a little bit. And it, and for me, I know that, you know, education wise, I remember I, you know, it took a while. I was like a bad kid until like sixth or seventh grade. And I realized being smart's <laughs> kind of cool. And <laughs> Like being smart was the cool thing. I was like, oh, I just have to like get good grades and I'm cool. I'll do that. Yeah. And, and so you, you just have to provide like, you know, get some kids just kind of over that mini hump, sure. just that little push. Mm-hmm. And that can change lives and essentially change generations. So yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And I completely agree. Uh, are you ready for some lightning round questions? Give it to me. Are- all right. So um, the first question is the number one thing you do in the morning to set your day up for success. For me, I set my day up for success by I work out. That's um, yeah. I get out of bed. It's 
it's something tactfully you have to learn how to do because you're, you're groggy, you're not mm -hmm. awake, you're not ready, but having your clothes kind of ready, having a plan of like, okay, I'm going to bike, I'm going to walk, I'm going to run. I'm just going to get outside, maybe throw some music on, maybe not, um, get up a sweat of some sort and start your day. And then, you know, if you're working and you're busy, you start to kind of, while you're walking and working out, you can kind of align your day. It's mm -hmm. kind of that quiet time before like the storm, so to speak, of, of a work day. So um, that's the main thing. Workout, workout, sweat, come in, shower, juice, hit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Question number two, uh, one word or thing that you would say has helped you find success in your work and life. Uh, what word? I would say drive. If this is a lightning round, I'm just going to go drive. It's, okay. um, it's, it's the, you know, never give up, um, is kind of a mantra I've lived, uh, lived by for forever, actually, mm -hmm. um, is to kind of, once you reach a goal, push the goal post again, yeah. um, and rinse and repeat. So it's the drive to just do better and be better. And I try to do that in like leading by example and what I do. All right. Fantastic. Number three is a fill in the blank. Life isn't life. If you're not making someone else's life better. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, if you're, if, you know, it may not be every day, right. But if, you know, let's say in work, if you're not making your coworkers life better, if you're not making your, if you have a boss, if you're not making their life better, if you're family, you got to make their lives better. Um, I think the goal is to just not to be less selfish and to make somebody else's life a little bit better. I absolutely love that. I think, you know, in an age of social media, it seems like there's been this movement towards having people really believe that you're the self-made woman or man. And the reality is that no one's no one's self-made. Everybody needs to take from someone. Everybody needs to give. And I, I, I wish that was that was the thing that was being pushed more, the narrative that was being pushed more. Yeah, I wish that too. Like I said, if if everybody, you know, got out in their community for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and just did something, because every community needs help, whether you yeah. know it or not, and just did something, um, we'd all be a little bit better off. Yeah, completely agreed. And then the last question, one habit that you would recommend that people stop immediately that would improve their lives? Oh, stop it, me. I'm not here to judge other people's habits. <laughs> but if you could. <laughs> <laughs> One habit I was stopping me, I would not do social media in the morning. Ooh. I, I, would, I would not get on in the morning at all. Late, like leave it till noon till afternoon. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. Kind of focus on what you can tackle in front of you, which is not social and focus there. And then yeah. check out what your friends and what's going on. And just a little bit later, a little bit later. Yeah, I like that. Focus on the real world before you focus on the world that everybody makes up, I guess. Right? Exactly, exactly right. I know a lot of it's merging, but still let it go for like no news. Like no, just let it go for a little bit before yeah. you jump in. Yeah, no, fair enough. Nick, honestly, thank you so much. There was so much good in what you were saying. And I'm hoping that everybody that listens today takes back the piece, especially of, you know what, it, it really doesn't cost anything for you to give back. And the potential of good that that can do for a person or your community is immeasurable. In one of the first discussions that I had with Nick before recording the podcast, we were talking about his work 
at the Boys and Girls Club, and he described it as this, and I think he said it so beautifully. He said, Working at the Boys and Girls Club is being able to put your stuff down and taking someone else's and holding it for just one second. Typically on this podcast, we discuss the hows around motivation and encouragement, but today we're going to take a little bit of a different turn for the call to action. The call to action this week is to follow Nick's lead and take a page right out of his book and reach out to someone in your community, whether that be a friend or family member or a complete stranger, and ask if they're okay. If they're not, hold their stuff for one second and be the person that makes their day better and their week better. So good luck on the challenge, and we'll speak to you next week.